I like very serene. Uh, I like going out in snowstorms when nobody else is around. I'm just shooting these moody cityscapes. Very polar opposite to how I was when I was a celebrity photographer. You're listening to Photography Conversations, where Tomasz shares with you his comprehensive interviews with passionate photographers and the most innovative photo industry leaders, developers, and influencers. This podcast will help you stay an inspired and well-informed photographer. He worked as a street cleaner. He photographed Michael Jackson. He worked as a garbage man. He photographed some of the most successful cycling teams in the world. He worked as a DJ in a nightclub. And today, he has one of the best-selling street photography books in the world. Hello, it's Tomasz. And on today's show, I am talking to Phil Penman, British photographer living and working in New York City, about his fascinating career, about transitioning from being a paparazzi to being a street photographer, about his book called Street, about ethics in street photography, and about his absolutely stunning New York images. Enjoy my conversation with Phil Penman. How are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm very good. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Wonderful. Very happy it's happening. Um, I have your book called Street in front of me. Two decades, right, of your photographic work capturing all possible facets of, of New York City and of your own work, uh, curated down to 220 pages of your best images. So um, street photography, your celebrity work, landscapes, cityscapes, what wonderful book. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I've, I've been shooting since I was about 15, so coming on 27 years now. But I, I moved out to New York in 2000, and the, the work in the book is more uh, kind of my transition from moving here you know, shooting 9-11, working as a celebrity photographer, and then moving more into street photography. So, so yeah, it's about 20, 20 years of, wow, 20 years of my life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, you know, like looking at your work, your photography, your, your reading your, your story. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. Like um, what kind of experiences, you know, you had as a photographer, what kind of all possible things you were capturing with the camera and somehow it's still everything ties together that you can put it into one book. I think it's great. Uh, question: Let's start with the cover. So there, you, you chose a photograph of a gentleman, uh, and I'm talking, of course, of, about the street book, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you chose a photograph of a, of, a, of a gentleman standing on the 42nd Street, wearing a suit, carrying a bag, and having a bunch of leaves on his head, <laughs> which basically makes his face completely invisible, right? So why this particular image for the cover? This actually um, was chosen by the publisher. Like um, when I, I started working with a publisher called Clearati, and it was made very clear during the meeting that not everything is going to be your own way. We're going to have disagreements about things. And, you know, this is a joint joint effort. And, you know, I trust their judgment because they've done a lot of books in the past and they've won awards. And so I kind of trusted their judgment. And they 
I remember I was driving down to a job in Washington, D.C., and all of a sudden I got an email with, you know, here is what we would like to have as the cover. And when I saw it, I was like, great, because that's actually the image that I would have liked to have seen on the cover anyway. And it was just funny that everybody kind of came to the same conclusion that that was the image that they wanted. Nice, perfect. So so is it an image which in a way like encapsulates for you, you know, uh, New York City? Great, yeah. It's, um, I love, you know, I, I walk around all day and being on the bike when I was uh, working doing celebrity photography, you just seen, you, you know, because you're all over the city, you'd see the great characters walking around. And one of the things I like to do is I would go up to these people and just, you know, just, I wasn't looking to shoot candid or anything like that. It was more of my work is kind of just street portraiture. So there's so many of these people that are kind of like this, just, in, you know, interesting people. Um, mm -hmm. Some are seeking attention. Some are completely shocked that you even want to talk to them, let alone take their picture. So it's, you know, it's a good mix, but um You know, the first portion of the book is all street portraits, and I just thought it was a kind of a nice way to lead into it. Do, do you, like, vividly remember this particular conversation with this gentleman? This gentleman? I think I was, I was just hanging around taking some pictures on 42nd Street of one of the buildings, and I, and I turned around, and he's just stood there. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's, like, bizarre, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like some weird trip. And... um So I, uh, no, it's just like, oh, I've, I've got to grab this. Uh, and, you know, normally you ask people and some are just, no, I just don't want my picture taken. This guy, he's like, yeah, okay. Normally what happens, as soon as you ask anyone to take the picture, they'll, they'll strike some stupid pose or they'll do a peace sign or something. And I'm, I'm, I, don't know, I just, it's not what I'm looking for. All I want is just a straightforward Mm -hmm. standard portrait so i said no no just stand there with your with your briefcase to the side because to me the you know the fact that he's in a business suit he's got his briefcase uh, that's what kind of grabbed me i mean it's strong because it's kind of you know normal and absolutely weird at the same time right so let's rewind a little bit so you, you started you know your photographic career as a as a celebrity photographer we can Probably say paparazzi, is this correct? Yeah, I actually, believe it or not, my photography career started as a local newspaper photography in England. I was doing uh, every everything you could think of, shooting politicians, kissing babies, you know, check presentations. Uh, then I moved on to a hard news agency where we would be shooting, you know, crime scenes, uh, you know, roadside accidents. And then I went, I went into corporate photography where I was actually the corporate photographer for Microsoft shooting all their corporate directors. And then, you know, the end, the goal that I, I always wanted to live in, in New York. And I was on mm -hmm. a job one day on a stakeout and, you know, it was 11 o'clock at night covering some very unworked, you know, no name British celebrity, And the guy that I was working with was sat in the car and he said, oh, you should call up my friends Kevin and Gary in Los Angeles. So I called them up and they, sure enough, they had a job. They um, 
I think within like two or three weeks, I was working in Los Angeles. And then after six months of working there, kind of shooting celebrity um, paparazzi work, uh, portraiture, they had me move to New York to set up their main office for them. Yeah, wow. So it's like a really dream came true, like immediately in, in, a, in a... Yeah, it was, it was tough. In a blink, right? Yeah, it was um, a really fast learning, really fast learning process. You, there's no messing around like as soon as i met the guy off the plane it was like you know this weekend you're going to be photographing pete sampras's wedding you know there i am thinking oh this is great i'm going to be like the <laughs> official photographer at pete sampras's wedding and so like, no 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 what you're going to be doing is you're going to have a you're going to have a camera stuffed down your pants and you're going to be walking around the beverly hills hotel trying to find a bride and um sure enough i She came out the front door with her dad, and there's me with a camera down my pants, with a whip, with the tiny <laughs> camera, take a picture like it was a you know old film camera, like a candid one. And mm -hmm. I remember her dad came up to me and was like, uh, "Why are you taking a picture?" And he knows full well why I'm taking a picture. And I said, "Oh, because you know she looks very pretty. That's all." <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine all those possible reactions you were getting from people from this situation, from the bodyguards and so on. I I, I read some stories you shared in in some of your interviews. So such a such a different um, kind of work, right? A, a, a work as a photographer, because you know when I'm looking like uh, in reminiscence, I mean I'm I'm looking at your photographs today at your street, at, you know, beautiful shots. At, uh, moody you know cityscapes yeah so i i'm just wondering because so basically you have this talent you have the amazing eye but working as a celebrity photographer is working in a in a incredible speed sometimes having probably half a second to get the shot right yeah. so i was wondering how did you feel at those times you know how are you combining your your aesthetic let's say uh, you know compositional ideas and, and and you know feelings with with this pressure with the, is it even possible to combine those those no, aspects I'd, of being I, I would say the the paparazzi celebrity side is you know I never wanted to do it but it was my access to be able to work in the US and you know photography a lot of photographers are losing their jobs right now or have been for years Uh, and it was, you know, which is going to be the last part of photography that's standing. You know, most of the industries that I knew have all gone. Uh, so it mm. was a question of, you know, you want to make money or go and do another job. And I've done pretty much every other job you can think of at some point in my life. And, you know, I wanted to stay over here so badly. So I was willing to take this do the job but i was you know mm. depressed i hated it you know especially if you uh have any aspirations as a photographer and you enjoy taking pictures so i would say for about 15 years no say 10 years i was more consumed with just making enough money to pay the bills and stay in new york and then it wasn't i you know so i was so depressed angry all the time mm. that I, I bought myself a, a Leica M7 off a friend of mine and just started started trying to think of projects, you know. So I mm -hmm. took to taking pictures of the guys that I worked with. 
But so, somehow, to be honest, I can't imagine that you, you know, that you went for 10 years being depressed. I think probably... Oh, you should see. I think paparazzi guys are probably some of the most angry, miserable people you'll ever meet in your life. Because nobody, no one wants to do it. But you had, you had your cycling, right? On the side. Yeah, that's, that was kind of... I, I could take my aggression out on the bike. <laughs> so, so you photographed, you know... Biggest names, right? Lopez, Kardashian, Tom Cruise, Angelina Jolie, and so on. And today you you mainly, or or correct me if I'm wrong, maybe exclusively work on on creating some you know truly beautiful street and and cityscape shots of New York, producing books. Yeah, I when and I just I couldn't take it anymore. I snapped. Mm-hmm. So what was it? The transition? Like when did this transition start for you? The transition. The transition was really strange, to be honest. I um, I think around 2015, I broke, just snapped. I uh, couldn't take it anymore. And I had a friend of mine who was a salesman for a, a cycling brand called Castelli, which is like an old Italian company that make cycling clothing. And I just said to him, look, do you have any jobs, anything at all? And he said, yeah, sure enough, actually, I have a job as... Um, a salesman selling cycling clothing over the northeast of America. So I said, I'll take it. So I found myself getting up at 5 a.m. every morning till about 11 at night dealing with uh, cycling teams, selling them this clothing. You know, we had Team Sky, which was one of the big Tour de France teams that we worked with. And I would, I went over there to Mallorca and I showed up, I shot a photo assignment. You know, it's not like I stopped taking the, taking pictures, but what I did was the jobs I would take were jobs I wanted to do. So celebrity portraits, uh, features, and it was, I was doing these two jobs at the same time and it allowed me to transition out of the paparazzi world into just trying to build up an income shooting purely street. And it allowed me, you know, to have health care, um, mm. to be able to make a living, but at the same time shoot and build up my street photography. So are you today making your living, you know, exclusively as a photographer? Yeah, I, I quit the cycling job once I knew that I could support myself purely based on just street photography and doing books and selling prints as soon as i as soon as i knew that i could do that i quit so so you are a living example actually of of also of a person who you know many people believe or argue cannot exist actually a photographer a street photographer i don't know if you define yourself as a street photographer but probably you do i mean the title of your book is street shooting predominantly street and cityscapes and you are an, a living example walking example of 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 a photographer who can make a living uh, uh, you know being exactly a street photographer which many people argue is absolutely not doable it's well it's doable but are you willing to put in the 20 years of uh doing something that you don't want to do to get there. You know, you can't just say, hey, I'm going to become a street photographer tomorrow. Um, so, so in the very end, you, you, you are saying that this, uh, you know, your celebrity photography career, 10 years of doing that helped you 
establishing yourself as, as who you are today as a completely different kind of photographer oh definitely i think um you learn things from you learn things from all walks of life you know learning you know how to deal with people uh i worked in a nightclub for years working behind a bar and djing and interaction with people in a club uh you know i was a street cleaner i worked as a garbage man all these different jobs that i've done in my past uh working on a farm i find that all of these experiences have you know added up to you know how do you treat people um which can help you in your photography when you when you approach people on the street or you know finding some common interest um when you i always find when i'm doing portraits with people i always find to try to find some common ground something that we can discuss with each other and it makes them put them at ease so yeah definitely definitely helped the the paparazzi uh because i was on the bike all day looking around the city it it showed me parts of the city that i wouldn't necessarily have seen before and it also helped me get all these street portraits that i probably would never have seen i think we could make this our today's conversation here way shorter if we would talk about things you didn't do in your life right <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it's beautiful you know i couldn't agree more i did many and still do many different things apart from you know also being a photographer and i couldn't agree more that uh, all of that we do you know um comes through and kind of um you know our photographs are full of of, of what we have done in our lives so far i, I couldn't agree more being the you know this the celebrity photographer and now street photographer still i'm trying to dig here do you see any any parallels or similarities between these two genres of photography hmm there are certain like aggressive tendencies i would say that certain street photographers have um it's it's weird because when i was a paparazzi celebrity photographer you know a lot of the work we were doing was very in your face uh I wouldn't say that we got into arguments all the time, but you you were definitely very intrusive. Um, the demand for the pictures is so big. You know, we couldn't keep up with the public's demand for it, you know. And there are certain street photographers that work in that same way, but they're doing it with regular people rather than uh, celebrity. I'd actually find that some street photographers are a lot more aggressive than paparazzi photographers. Uh, but... It's, I know that has never been my style. I'm not one, I I was when I was a paparazzi, but mm. well, it, believe it or not, actually, when I was a paparazzi, most of my work would be very, very long lens. But if I had to, it would be short lens stuff. Like if there were other photographers around, you wouldn't have a choice. But with my street photography, I, I, I'm more standoffish. Like I said, I, I prefer to do street portraits than I do jumping in front of their face and blasting them. Mm -hmm. um, I like very serene. Uh, I like going out in snowstorms when nobody else is around or just shooting these moody cityscapes. Very polar opposite to how I was when I was a celebrity photographer. So the times of shooting Brad Pitt on his boat from the bushes is, are over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I... Um, it's, you you shoot uh, Leica, right? Uh, yeah, pr pr predominantly all Leica. And what is your lens of choice or, or focal length of choice? 
I don't have one. The you know, this is something that I've been learning a lot a lot about with certain street photographers recently is there seems to be this uh divide a lot of people don't realise like if you're a working street working photographer, the two lenses that you would always have were a, a twenty-four to seventy and a seventy-two hundred. These were like the the gold standard. Every mm. photographer had one, and a lot of my work I shoot on a telephoto. Um, I like to compact street scenes. You know, I like to shoot long shots. Um, you know, the other lens that we would have is a sixteen to thirty-five. So. I tend to shoot, I have a 35 Sumalux 1.4, a 75 F2, and a, a 90 to uh, 280 that I use on the Leica SL. So, so you're mixing, mixing things up, yeah, basically? Yeah, I, I, I don't think in terms of, uh, I'm going to go out and just shoot 35 mil, because I, I actually feel that you want to show a bit more depth in your work as well. And I don't want it all to look formula. Like everything is shot with a 35 mil lens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's maybe somebody else's style, but to me, that's not my style. I like to show, like I said, more depth in my work, maybe some, some close-ups, maybe some wider, wider shots. You know, there's mm-hmm. no one formula. Would you say in general, are there any, like uh, main elements you know um that draw your attention or 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 elements that you are looking or reacting to uh, when you sense the possibility of making a a great street image is there something you could define what is it that that makes you react I i like to create scenes as in not set something up but i'll go out you know like if i know the weather's going to be really 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 bad i'll use that as my scene and then when i'm out in it i will it's like um you know a friend of mine defined it as kind of it's like an opera where you you know you you start slowly building up the scene you know i'll have maybe a backdrop of the city under fog and then i know that it's going to be a foggy day so i'm like all right well what do i want to use as my foreground maybe today i want to use near the Brooklyn Bridge, you know, I'm going to have that. And then, mm-hmm. then I'll slowly start introducing it, people, elements, you know, uh, maybe silhouettes, maybe some someone with an umbrella. And then the next element, you'll start adding, well, what do I want that person to look like? What kind of character? And I might work a scene for, you know, an hour um, shooting different perspectives or waiting for the right person to come through there's no okay so so it means you are rather this kind of photographer who pre-visualizes things and then really kind of like you said builds you know this setup yeah those are those are more kind of for me um you know there this is there are pictures where you you know it, it happens within the blink of an eye and you get it two or three of my best images i think from last year were pure lucky accidents you know i was Mm -hmm. waiting for a particular picture to happen there was one where i was i it was a a foggy day and i'm looking down one of the the street avenues and i'm trying to get a picture of a guy walking across the middle of the street with you know his umbrella and he's silhouetted and i'm going through my i managed to get that picture and then i'm going through my pictures on my computer and all of a sudden i find this frame where a car has driven in front 
and is the window has framed somebody perfectly walking with an umbrella and i couldn't i couldn't have you know if i went out there today i could not get that picture and it was just a pure luck and people were like wow great timing like <laughs> you got to be got to be kidding there's no way i could have ever got yeah, that yeah yeah this was i think remember this picture was quite recently on your instagram account right right yeah it's a driver sitting in the car and then there's a guy behind there's a vertical shot right correct yeah that's the that's the scary thing is um i'm learning as well that people do set stuff up like that and i find that i i just can't even comprehend that you would go out and set up street pictures yeah this this would be a completely different approach you know this is i have these discussions quite often with with photographer friends like you know the first reaction we have or like i have when i'm you know browsing through to let's say your 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 website or to your instagram feed i mean i see images right right i see this image and i of course the very first things that happens is i react to an image to be honest i'm not the kind of person for example who would immediately start analyzing and and you know and and wondering how and you know which way was it staged i just like the image or not but as you say there is something behind there's something you know behind the image which only you know which only the photographer knows and it's we are going into ethics here right almost like oh uh, definitely uh, so this is a very thin line to 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 walk do do you happen to have your book somewhere within the reach of your hand or not do I, i i don't i can i can grab it if you can wait one second i mean or, or you probably remember the image i mean uh, i don't i don't think you you remember the page numbers but it's a <laughs> page number 100 190 i think if i'm not mistaken it's a it's this passage kind of underground passage in the in the central park okay there is there is a fountain in the background there is a dog oh, yeah. on the right side and the woman uh, you know referring back to to the conversations we just had do you remember if this was a is it it's snow in the background right exactly yeah, yeah, I so i can when i now look at this image and think about what we just talked about it's you you saw this beautiful light and reflections and you were basically waiting for things to happen well i was i like i said i i knew the weather was going to be bad so i went out in the snow um i hadn't shot central park in a while so i figured i would go there and have a look around i probably spent a good 30 minutes shooting silhouettes of people walking through the passage and then i was walking away to leave and it wasn't until i left that i spotted the reflection and that's when i got the picture that was different you know that particular place has been shot many many times um right. you know it's a popular spot the the thing that i liked was the fact that the snow creates this backdrop where you're well you're basically losing everything so you you're isolating your subject in the foreground so that you don't see you know all the trees in the background or the boats and you know the restaurants that are in the backdrop absolutely there. yeah yeah now it's a, it's a beautiful image beautiful Thank atmosphere you. really love it you shoot predominantly in black and white but uh, like once in a while you produce or, and present a color photograph i know that's just when the camera goes wrong to be honest <laughs> <laughs> well 
unless you're shooting with like a monochrome then then it should not yeah. go to that bad right, right. I, I have <laughs> well, i have a monochrome and i have the the SLs that I use and you know obviously if I'm shooting for a client then everything's color and we we make it black and white later but mm, if mm. if I'm going out purely for myself and I just want to have fun I'll take the monochrome out but but the images in your you know personal Instagram feed there is a some of them you know exactly the percentage is way lower but there are some color images so so what does it take for any particular image for you to to decide you know, to, to, to leave it or to make it a color shot? Well, certain things, you know, there's, if you're looking at neon color signs, then obviously to me, it works better in color. I, I'll usually have a color body. Like I'll take the SL body in my bag with me. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I've, I've also found that a lot of it can be dependent on my mood as well. Like if I'm, like I said, angry or depressed or stressed out, um, a lot of my stuff might be very, very moody looking black and white images. Um, and then I found myself shooting a lot more color recently. So I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm getting uh, a little bit more grounded and not as angry anymore. <laughs> maybe yeah, but it's nice. It, it, it means it's, a, it's everything is a reflection of your, of your, you know, of your inner, inner self, right? I think so. Um, I, I think it comes out in your work if you don't think about it too much. There is one absolutely amazing photo I adore. And, and uh, for those of you listening, I will have the links in the show notes. So make sure to go to Phil's Instagram account. And uh, there is a photo, um, you posted it on November 4th last year. And uh, I don't know exactly where it where it is in New York. I have been to this city a few times, but I, I couldn't tell exactly. But this is this long avenue, also snowy, snowy evening, I would say. And the street is full of red lights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Looking... Um, Beautiful. Just love it. Looking... Uh, that's uh, Madison Avenue. Um, it's funny because, you know, we're talking about ethics and uh, the Leica UK, they just posted that picture up a couple of days ago. And the... Is person who handles the Instagram account actually contacted me and said, we, we're having a lot of questions by people saying, was that picture manipulated? <laughs> and I'm just like, um, the way I look at it is either you got it or you didn't. And that was just, well, you it, it was lucky, but you make your own luck. Like I, I chose to get up at 3 a.m. in a snowstorm. I chose to walk around the city and look for images and, you know, that was probably shot like 6 or 7 a.m. on Madison Avenue. Oh, so this is a.m., okay. Yeah, no, it was very very early in the morning. And there's no, you know, another reason you get up early is because you don't want any cars in the shots or you want to make it is so that you can stand in the middle of the avenue and not see anything. So, yeah, that was just, again, lucky that the, you know, I waited there for maybe 10 minutes waiting for the traffic light patterns Mm. to recycle and for waiting for a person to walk across the street beautiful shot really congrats this Thank is you. this is that, that's the street photographer that's best yeah Let, let's, let's get back quickly once more to, to the book to, to street so when you released it it immediately or very quickly made it to the top of the street photography book listing on amazon right yeah i i, did, I was kind did, of shocked um did, yeah exactly did, did you expect you didn't expect the success not at all um i was I 
I wasn't told anything. I was looking on Amazon. Uh, you know, a lot of the, believe it or not, a lot of the stuff I find out is from people through Instagram saying, hey, I just saw your book in such and such. And I have no clue, no knowledge of it at all. Um, so when I was looking on Amazon, I saw that there was a number one next to the book. And I had no idea what it was. So I clicked through and it was like number one new release on Amazon. And mm -hmm. there were some, you know, big name photographers that were also in that list. So it was, it was pretty shocking that they had sold, pre-sold that many. No, great. I, I just checked, you know, out of curiosity when preparing for this interview, the, how is it looking today? And, and it's still in the very, on the very top, you know, in the top seven, I guess, books on, on street photography. So, so congrats. I mean, uh, what does it mean for you to, uh, or, or, or maybe in other words, wh why did you decide in the first place to, to, you know, put your photography into a book on paper? What, what did it mean for you? I, you want, I think you just want something in print. I, you know, digital is very nice, but it's digital and there's something different about picking up a book. It, you know, I'm, I'm sat on the floor right next to a pile of 10 books right now that I go to, you know, Arnold Newman, Sebastian Salgado and Avedon. And there's just something nice about going through a book or holding a print, you know, having a silver gelatin print on your wall there's i you can't beat it i i remember when i was printing in the dark room the the thrill you would get from that do you, do you believe the you know paper is the final destination of 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 a good photograph definitely i saw you know i found out about your work i i found your website your instagram account the moment I found out uh, you, you have a book out, I knew I had to get a book. Awesome. Because I, I, I knew, you know, it will elevate the entire experience and, and you know, appreciation for, for your shots to, to completely another level. And, and, and uh, yeah, and I was not disappointed. So <laughs> I'm, I'm happy on the same page. It's, it's funny because a lot of, um, believe it or not, I think a lot of my better work actually I shot since I did the book. Um, and I was kind of, I think, too... Probably two of the images that I shot last year are two of my favorite two of my favorite images I've ever shot, and I couldn't get them in the book. There was one in the Oculus in New York that I, you know, a black and white shot on the monochrome, mm -hmm. which I like. What is probably one of my favorites, and then the one you were speaking about earlier with the traffic lights, and mm -hmm. you know, I'd I'd love to do another book one day, but it's doing a book is a a big undertaking like we you know we went for about 1500 images um to get it down to what we did and there are a lot of images that i would have liked in the book but you know the publisher didn't necessarily want those ones in the book they had a certain look that they were going for as well and mm -hmm. like i said earlier they you know we were going to have disagreements how, how long would you say the entire process you know from the moment you got the idea, you know, it would be great to have a book till, you know, the last email or last photograph was sent and the, you know, last page was designed. How long did it take the entire process? About a year um, to do. And, you know, that's working with a publisher that does a, a lot of books. I know some photography books can take two, three years to do. So, you know, I was, 
hearing from somebody at Aperture the other day, and some of the books might take four years, you know, to produce a book because mm. they're you're going back and forth with the photographer. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a publisher. I don't know how to lay out a book. I'm so I'm not going to try and tell them how to do their job. That's why you are hiring them, right? Exactly. Now they they definitely did a great job. Also, you know the the way the book is produced, and uh, it's just a so everyone listening, uh, "Street" by by Phil Penman. I will have the the links to everything in the show notes. Uh, Phil, thank you so much. I, I think we'll be wrapping up soon. Uh, uh, what what are you working on these days? Plans for 2020? Something exciting on the horizon? What, what's your what are your dreams for this year? Dreams for this year. Um, well, I'm teaching a lot. This year, I'm, I'm going to be in Miami in February. I teach for Leica Academy. And then I'll be teaching in, uh, I'm going to be doing a show in Bellevue, Washington State, with um, in a gallery out there. And I'm going to be teaching teaching out there as well. And then try to work on the next book. I've, you know, the, the big one that I want to do is the 20 years after 9-11. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my work from 9-11, I've been going down there and, shooting how it is now in the same streets that I shot on 9-11 and how they look now. And That's a, a great idea, absolutely. Meet, mm-hmm. Meeting the people that I photographed on 9-11 and working with them again, that's a big project, but I I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it done in time or, you know, it will be for the 25-year anniversary. You know, however long it takes, it's definitely an amazing idea. Wish you all the best. Thank you. With this project. And uh, thank you once more. Great conversation. Great, great photography. And um, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Phil. Ha- have a great year. You too.